Welcome to the Teaching Classroom 21, a podcast by The Ever Learner. I'm James, your host. Join me and my guests every week as we discuss, debate and explore the features of a world-class classroom in the 21st century. to the Teacher in Classroom 21. I'm Marta Soteras and I will be your host for today. With us we have today Mike Pryor. Hi Mike. Hi. Mike is a PE teacher by training and by trade and currently uh, Mike is working at the Everlearner and you have been doing so for a little while. Uh, yeah, uh, just over a year. Mm-hmm. I feel a bit fraudulent really because we've had some really good guests on the show so far. And now it's just me. I'm sure you're going to be a very good guest. I think guest. that we might keep this one in the archive as a bit of a stop. <laughs> yeah, as a backup. When we don't have a, a guest on a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike, just to start with, tell me something about you that you think everyone who's listening should know. Oh, man. Um, uh, so in the past when I've had this question or this type of question, it normally happens on like inset training or... You go for a day's training somewhere and you have to stand up and say your name and something about you. And the kind of what you might loosely call an interesting fact is that I, when I was younger, I used to ride a unicycle. All right. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. It's not that interesting. Did, I did, did, warn did you. you fall many times before you actually managed to oh, yeah, do it? Yeah. Thousands and thousands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my, my granddad, um, amongst lots of other things that he did, he was really good at like upholstering things. And, um, so he he did like um, dentist chairs and things like that. He would like upholster kind of commercial, industrial, like really tough stuff. And um, so to the point where he had to make me like a new unicycle seat because it had been scuffed on the ground. So he made like a tough industrial seat because it was just smashed against the ground so much. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So so um, I mean that that's could we say then that this sort of creativity handy approach to things is a is a family trade because i know you mike and i know that you know you're, you're very good at, at, at making things at coming up with ideas and and creating is, is that a uh, something that that you've sort of breathed in, in, in yeah, your I guess, family i guess so um yeah i'd, I'd like to think so I, I, kind of looking back when you look back to try and connect the dots to see where you got certain traits from i guess i guess you probably could say that so my my dad was a builder he's now um uh arch- if i say architect that's not quite right but that's what everybody will understand he's actually an architectural technologist um so he's kind of in that creative industry or, or at least has always been in the industry of constructing and building things um mum is very creative very artistic um my mum's dad which is the granddad who i mentioned earlier he um he worked for um i'm not sure exactly who well it was waters electrical it was called and they um used to build electrical components so as part of that he worked he did some jobs for ba and he actually designed the um interior lighting for concord and he was asked if he would like to go on the first flight for concord which he turned down i think loosely he didn't really trust that it was going to work so <laughs> he, he turned it down but yeah he he was offered that maiden flight on concord because of the work he did and he made like instruments to um for ba i think it was which if there was like a crack that appeared in the window then he designed an instrument which you could put onto the window 
which um, somehow I have no idea how, but it would tell you whether the crack was enough that they couldn't use that plane anymore or whether mm -hmm. they could keep using the plane. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, and we also have some old, uh, at like I don't know if they quite cons are considered antiques, but they're really old instruments, which as kids we loved playing with, the little trinket things that mum had on the windowsill. But it turns out one was a, um, a Morse code machine, which could, you know, obviously it was used... Um, I, I'm not actually sure if he had a hand in making these or they were pre his time. I'm not sure, but his company that he worked at made these machines, a like Morse code machine and a some kind of thing to do with trains that he was telling me about. I didn't really understand, but it's like a you would pull the handle out and then it would coil up a chain inside, and that was used like for some sort of sticker tape thing or something like that. Um, so yeah, he he was really engineering and hands on. Um, so yeah, I, I, he's a bit of an idol, really. I, I look up to him for the that side of things, and um, he he started at this Waters Electrical Company as like an apprentice type, sixteen year old, I guess. And he was telling me about his first job there, which was to he had to like polish the brass on these tiny little switches or something, and he had like a bucket of thousands of switches, and he his job was literally to sit there and polish the brass connections, and then put it in the next one, and then get the next one, and the next one, and he had to get through so many thousands in a certain time but then he ended up being uh, like the managing director of the company wow so yeah. so it's the like the, the old sort the of old American the dream. old dream exactly yeah, you yeah. start from the bottom and you yeah. build your your way to the top yeah. isn't and it? Then, so my dad's dad is also he was in the trade he was um builder carpenter he's had hundreds of jobs but all in that sort of um construction type um area before that he was into like fixing cars and he was a panel beater so people with dented panels in the cars he would he would fix those um so yeah i guess that yeah it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of in the family to be a bit hands-on yeah. and creative i guess mm. that's that, that's interesting and, and do you feel i mean without it wanting to sound like a bit like an like an appraisal question do, do you feel you are you, you are um able to develop this this creativity and the, this this side of you and, and and not just of you but also of what you you are when you where you come from almost um in in your current role at, at the everlearner yeah you, for sure yeah what, what, what sort of things yeah what yeah what, what sort of things do you do you do you feel you you know your creativity you can let go your creativity <clears throat> and yeah well i i guess um, as much as I miss working in schools for lots of reasons, the one of the things that I wanted out of this job and is is coming true, I guess, to a point is that you're not constrained by the day-to-day -day job of working in a school. So um, there's been plenty of times where, well, we're, we're literally creating something as our day-to-day -day job, i.e. the website and the roadmap products that we did. and. Um, so there's always an element of creativity in what we're doing, combined with the day-to-day -day admin and all of the normal things that come with a job. But um, yeah, the the job is to be creative. So um, I, I guess the telling point is when I was at school, there was always like a side project, which Hannah, my wife, was um, fed up of, like always having a something else on the go. So I, I had this stupid idea to last summer um, start a, beach locker company mm -hmm. i thought there was a need to have lockers on the turnout there wasn't a need for it at all because nobody bought it but <laughs> and oh, I, maybe in the uk you might you know, yeah, you know I, mean, there was, I was in a maybe, nice spot on, maybe on it a was, nice beach but yeah but maybe it was the right idea in the wrong place possibly I think so, yeah that's what i tell myself 
Yeah. It would have been a multi-million dollar idea. Yeah, well, I can imagine, elsewhere. like, you know, <laughs> I, I, if I put this idea, if I think of this in Barcelona, where I'm from, I would I would imagine yeah. you would make a killing because that's yeah. the, you know, the classic thing. A group of friends goes into the water. One has to stay back exactly, because, yeah. you know, you don't well, know. Well, that was my thought. Exactly. When, when we were on our honeymoon, we had exactly that problem. So I had this idea, at which point Hannah was like rolling her eyes like, oh, no, another idea. Um, that's going to cost me time <laughs> in the evenings when I can't and just chill out because you know i'd be working on something but um yeah so that was my idea and then it turned out nobody in the uk bought it mm. um but yeah so that i guess that's the telling point is uh when i was working in school i always had this need to do something productive or creative outside of my day to day work and i maybe it's just lack of time but i don't do that now mm-hmm. could have something to do with having a one-year-old daughter but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I definitely felt that when i started here like my my craving to the creative was um yeah i didn't feel it quite so much because i was getting it during the day so i mean having said that you've recently made a table what's that with yeah, uh, like... can you explain because I, <laughs> I was fascinated by that i'm yeah well we, we bought a new house um a just over a year ago uh and in the the it was it needs a bit of love and in the garden and definitely need a bit of love but there was a vegetable patch which had some big sleepers like piled up to make a raised garden um and being the hoarder that i am i thought well, i can't just get rid of these nice big sleepers so took them and put them in the garage to dry out and then i you know, just made, made a big sort of chunky dining room table out of it um, mm-hmm. yeah so I, I i really i actually really like w- whether that's the same as being creative i'm not sure but i guess it kind of is but i just like woodwork i get and i guess that probably comes from family more like working with materials to make something so so would you say then because you were saying about the the yeah you you, you, would you say then that there is a lack of creativity in the role of of the teacher in a in a school yeah i'll say so there's i I, know i don't mm, i don't think there's a lack of creativity but there's probably a lack of time to be creative i think there's lots of really creative teachers who do really great things but um you kind of do those not as the norm it's like it's the slightly it's that one-off lesson which is really creative or really um, i mean talking about creativity from the teacher's perspective mm-hmm. not not whether you're asking the students to be creative but um yeah I'd, I'd, i certainly felt as a teacher that i wasn't being stretched in terms of being creative mm-hmm. um and then when i did have something that i thought i could be creative about i didn't really have the time to follow it through yeah so I think it's probably, I, I wouldn't ever say that teachers suffer from a lack of creativity, but they suffer from a lack of time to be creative. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you were saying, uh, so, so, so you in making this transition from the classroom to a job, which is still related with education very much yeah, yeah. so, but it, it, it's, a, it's a completely different role, um, other than this opportunity to be more more creative more creative what is that what other elements have you found in that transition what what would be the main points whether for whether positive or <coughs> negative that you you have found in that in that transition um well on, well, on a day-to-day sort of practical level i i work from home three days a week i live about an hour and a half away from the office so it's it's not really practical or feasible to drive in every day uh, there's no, there's not a good train route in either, so that's kind of out of the question. So I, I have settled on working at home three days a week and coming to the office two days a week. So I get a nice mix of 
um staying at home and i have a um 14 month old daughter now mila so um I, I get to i don't feel like i'm missing out on any of her growing up and i'm always there you know i'm there a lot to see her first steps and her babbling and when she, the job also allows me to be somewhat flexible so during the day i can go to doctor's appointments and especially in the beginning could help out a lot around the house um so yeah the the balance of work and life is is better by a, a factor of 10 if not more you know it's one one of the the reason i wanted to leave teaching was to come here to do this job so there was no it wasn't a matter of getting a better work-life balance or a matter of um not enjoying teaching anymore or anything like that i, I would happily still be working in a school but obviously a lot of factors combined to make it a good move so aside from the fact that the job was exciting and uh, was it was kind of a, a mission that i wanted to be a part of there was also the day-to-day -day, um payoff as well that i could spend more time at home and could be with mila i knew mila was coming along at that point so um she was in the oven <laughs> and yeah so so that 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 contributed to me wanting to come here so that's definitely been a really positive move um and then it's kind of a brave new world right so like the working with the web developers with that side of it the techie side i'm not techie really um, i don't i don't i can't code or i've never really been into computer games or anything like that i've just been a user of computers for purely for function i never really enjoyed computing as such but it's kind of interesting to see that world and to work with the designers and the developers um that, that work on the site um and yes yeah, it's, it's just it's a totally different role a different job it's actually nothing like the job that i applied for or or was appointed for um <laughs> but that was made clear on the interview as well that that might not be the case so i, I actually got exactly what i signed up for um in so much that i was told that in a year's time this job might not look like it looks on paper and it it definitely doesn't so um i'm not sure what i was talking about really i just got off at a tangent but <laughs> yeah that, that that that's what's good about the job the, the home life balance work life balance the, the creative elements of it the fact that it's a new industry, a new challenge. Um, what things I miss about school? You asked about whether positive and negative. Mm, yeah, any, any I, hard, any. Yeah, things that I miss working in a in an environment which has lots of people in it, mm -hmm. um, namely a school. Uh, from and I, I really miss the students. Like people say about kids keeping you young and keeping you. I definitely miss the interaction with students who say silly things, do silly things. I don't miss the teenage strops really but um you know i miss lots of elements of working with kids the fixtures as a PE teacher um the tutor time well i was never actually a big fan of doing tutor time but i did enjoy my kids in my tutor group um the, yeah see, seeing that moment where a child actually learns something or the, the one who doesn't the, the sort of PE non-doer the, the classic never brings their kit always has a note when you have that moment where they actually enjoy a PE lesson or those sort of little wins that you get I really miss those the last school I worked at um, had a really fantastic staff so I really miss the teachers at that school mm -hmm. it, I, the school was brand new when I started there so we had a really close-knit small team which grew fairly quickly to a, a substantial size but it kept its um, small school 
startup kind of feel. So we had a really close knit team. Uh, so yeah, I really miss that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, I do miss lots of working in a school, but I'm I'm really happy with the way this has mm -hmm. turned out. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I suppose that, that that that's the that's the important thing to bear in mind, isn't it? That in your case, you it, it it's not as you said, it, it it's not that you were looking at leaving teaching no. and then found this job. It was that <clears> almost <throat> this job found you, and then yeah, you really decided yeah. you decided to to leave teaching. Yeah, really so quick. if you if you could if if you could then take what what elements of 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 your current role would you take into into a teaching job if if you could if you could make like a you know a mixture and bring it mm -hmm. all together um what would be for you you know how, how would you are there are there any elements of your current role that you think would greatly improve a teacher's experience for example yeah well I, i'd be foolish not to say the whole thing like if i was to go back to a school I'd find it really difficult to go back and teach in the traditional way. Like I would, I would have to be given the freedom to use this model that we promote in in order to go back into a school and teach. I'd, I'd find it really unfulfilling, knowing that this is out there, to go back to a school and teach at the front of the class, chalk and talk type traditional model. I, I, I don't think I would actually stick at it because it, I would find it so limiting. <clears throat> so. Yeah, the, the limiting the in in what way? Limiting. Limiting in terms of um, the enjoyment that we found the enjoyment that teachers have being in the classroom in in the model that we uh, in the sort of classroom twenty one model, um, and and also limiting for the students. I, I would I would see so much more clearly the students who I'm just not getting to, or the ones who are falling behind but I can't help because I can't spend the time, or the ones who need to go ahead but can't because I haven't got the time to deal with them. And, and limiting in terms of the relationships that I would develop with the students. Like PE teachers generally have a good relationship with a, a handful of students because they are in their teams and they take on fixtures. They have the time outside of lessons to, uh, to, to get to know those students as people. And what the Classroom 21 model does is it allows that to happen across a broader range of students and, and a broader range of teachers. There's much more one-to-one -one time, much more uh, tuition, mentoring, coaching, time to sit with a student and work with them. So I, I would see that as something that I just would really struggle to work in a model where that wasn't the norm. Um, so yeah, that that would be the biggest struggle. Um, but but also the, going back to the point I made earlier, I'd really find it difficult to go back to a, a point where every minute of my day is basically structured for me. It's quite military in so much that 8.30, staff briefing, 8.45, go to tutor time, 8.50, lesson one starts. You, you, so without um, actually saying it, you're told when you can go to the toilet and when you can have your food. Basically, yeah. But by the structure of the day. So I find that quite tough to go back to, um, having been out of that. And obviously most people don't work in that industry. They work in an office, so they work in a, a an outside manual job or where they have freedom to plan their day. So a lot of people don't get that. And I think teachers quite often just see that as such a normality that don't question it but it's really um yeah i find it find it really quite um unfulfilling if that's the right word that you don't have that flexibility to choose how you spend your day and i think that leads on to why a lot of people want to move out of teaching into sort of managerial type role because all you know you end up with less teaching time or less load so you have that freedom to spend a couple of hours doing a task whereas 
you have to fit it into your free period you only get 55 minutes to actually get into anything mm -hmm. and hence uh, teachers end up doing things outside of school mm. and, may and maybe you're also out of your classroom a bit more as well it probably gives you a little bit more that you know a possibility even if maybe it doesn't happen but maybe when when you're thinking about it the possibility of actually being in somewhere in, in, in mm. other classrooms and going around a little bit more rather than when you are like when you're when, when you're in management exactly yeah yeah um, maybe having a bit more diversity. The reality of it is, is you know, as we yeah. know, is it's probably very, very different. I, my feeling is a lot of people move up into that managerial leadership type role for all the right reasons, but some people do it for the wrong reasons. That they, it's a way out of the classroom. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's kind of sad that we have teachers in that position. Um, so one of the things that Classroom Twenty One does is it brings back the enjoyment of spending time with the students in the classroom for the teacher. Mm -hmm. So as, as we're talking about teachers, I, I, one of the things I would like to um, to, to discuss with you um, during this conversation would, would be the, the the possibility of how how we would be able <clears throat> how we could find the best teacher in the world. How how could we go about doing it, and 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 what this best teacher in the world would look like? If if you had to think of a best teacher in the world. Who would you have as your role model or as your ideally? Is there any any teacher in your in your life, could be life as a teacher or life as a student, that has really influenced you in in the way how you know maybe to become a teacher or in the way that you um, that you teach when you're in the classroom? It's funny because I, when we were talking about this podcast a few days ago, James was trying to think of questions that we could ask people and I gave him that question but I don't have an answer to it <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I don't have like one teacher who stands out as being a really amazing to who, who changed my life for it you know I don't have that I had lots of really good teachers um I, I, I can give you a short short list so I had one in primary school um Miss Bud who was who was like um she was like Miss Honey from Matilda you know she was like just the sweetest most lovely person and it was my she was my year five she was my year six teacher i think maybe year five as well and and i, I that age i've kind of from my experience as a teacher that age they'd like would do anything for their teachers it doesn't even matter if their teacher's any good they would they live and breathe for their teacher and we were certainly in that um that realm we would have done anything for that teacher she was just lovely so um she she's sort of my earliest memory of a teacher that had a really positive impact a uh, couple through secondary school, I remember a couple of PE teachers. Um, I'm thinking whether I should mention names here because they might actually listen to this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, maybe if it's a good thing, maybe yeah, it would be good. good. Yeah, if it's good. a bad thing, maybe. I remember one one of my, I remember using a teacher's name as one of those password forgotten password hints. Like it was mother's maiden name, pet's name, first car, favorite teacher. And, and I used um, Mr. Palmer as my answer to that. So he was... A PE teacher at my school and he, he was just a as a young lad I guess he was just like the cool PE teacher he just looked up to and um, took me took me for lots of I think he was a cricket coach for a time and he was my PE teacher as a class teacher as well um, yeah I just kind of looked up to him as like personality wise I liked him you know um, then there was another PE teacher also at the same time as him Andy Tart who is actually a user of the site and who I met up with recently so I still kind of stay in touch with Andy. Um, but what I what I liked about Andy was, um, and I do have to be careful about how I say this because he might actually listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I could see 
his like personality come through a lot in his um in his teaching so i i felt like i knew him as a person rather than just my teacher who was uber professional all the time and didn't really give much away and it, was, it wasn't it wasn't at all stale he was very professional don't get me wrong but um he didn't sort of present as that he, he would have a relationship you know positively in terms of, he was cricket coach rugby coach um so yeah i had a, had a i really looked up to him because i could see him as a person you know I really, I really liked that um and then i had another, a science teacher a level science teacher who technically i think he was the best teacher i ever had um he he was like he could get me to learn stuff that was really challenging for me so as a just purely as a academic teacher he was brilliant and he was like a forerunner to what we do he had, he had a really big interest in um moodle and he would put videos on the moodle for us to use after uh, after lesson and uh, before the lesson so he you know he he would probably actually be uh, really interested in the work we do um, i have thought about getting in touch with him actually at some point because I think he might find it interesting. Um, I remember writing him a letter when I finished my A-level just to say thanks, and he was one of the reasons why I went on to train as a teacher. Uh, so, yeah, so he was he obviously was a big influence. The the one that really springs to mind um, is we had a karate, I do karate, and we had a coaching session um, by a man called Antonio Moreira from Portugal, and he... Um, he doesn't speak very good English at all, almost none. And he delivered a coaching session to us, which was kind of an hour or two long. And he didn't speak at all. It just demonstrated everything. And it just kind of drove home that power as a PE teacher, at least um, relevant in other subjects as well. But as a PE teacher, the power of the picture, power of the demonstration and the, just the perfect model. Um, but he, he did it in such a way, it was actually like funny the way he did it. He, he, he managed to somehow tell jokes without talking and he was it was comical um I, I remember coming away from that thinking like wow that was the best episode of teaching i've ever had because it was so it's seemingly impossible to teach that level of content i mean it was a fairly high level class it wasn't it wasn't basic stuff it was kind of challenging technically in terms of the karate and um yeah he managed to teach that without saying a word so that was really uh, powerful Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting as, as I was listening to. So you've given me five examples of five teachers who, who were positively influential. I'm not going to ask you about those who you hated or, or mm -hmm. negatively influenced. I, I don't you. remember having any that I really hated. No, oh, that's I don't good. think so. That's good. Some I was scared of, but I didn't hate yeah. them. No, that's, uh, that, yeah, maybe, maybe hating was, was the wrong choice of, of, yeah. of words. I mean, there certainly are people who hate some teachers. Hmm. I know there's been some students who have hated me. All right, okay. I'm sure of that. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I um, definitely won't mention their names. <laughs> Go on, no. <laughs> um, I was going to say, what, what I've noticed, I've made a little note, of, of the five teachers that you've mentioned, one of them, your primary school teacher, Miss Bud, yeah. was female. Yeah. The other four were male. Mm. How important do you think is gender in terms of getting, you know, influencing young people? I have no idea um in terms of why for me why that is okay. um i mean there's a lot of talk about boys and a male role model like my i come from a really stable family dad was there in the house as a brilliant role model Building both granddads stuff. yeah it's like <laughs> so so I, i you know there's definitely nothing there about needing a male role model at school i did go to an all-boys school so there was 
possibly a higher percentage of male teachers there. That's true. Um, there certainly was in the PE department, which is where two of those, or two and a half, um, the, Mr. Brown, the science teacher, also taught a bit of PE, I think. Um, so th there's probably a bias in that, in so much that I wasn't naturally drawn towards the male teachers. I just happened to be surrounded by more of them. Um, I think your question was how important is the role of gender in education? I think it's, I think it's really important, but I couldn't possibly say why it's important for example i know that from experience i have struggled to teach some female students especially in, in the pe world but also had a really positive impact on other female students um some, some of what i would consider my best moments of teaching are with female students who haven't engaged with pe traditionally um and equally for the boys that some boys drawn towards the female teacher who, who um, for whatever reason, they're drawn to them, more caring, more kind, um, softer approach maybe, uh, or drawn to the male teachers for the sport or the rugby or the banter or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, I guess it's important, but I don't know why. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I don't know, it's just that, yeah, I mean, I suppose now that you say that you went to an oil boys school, I suppose yeah. it, it, it does... Um, you know it, that that is part of the reason yeah. um but it, it just it just you know it, it, at the beginning it, it struck me a little bit that um but because for some reason yeah the the, the primary school teacher probably you would as, associate the primary school teacher with being female because yeah well certainly in that there school there were a massive many. massive uh, female teachers massively outnumbered the male teachers mm -hmm. and i think I, I mean i might be wrong but i have the impression that in most primary yeah, schools still, that's still, still true yeah, yeah. i mean it, that that well i think when i left that school there was one possibly two male teachers in the whole school it was mm -hmm. not a tiny primary school either i think it's about 300 students um so that i mean the the male teacher who came in um who also happened to end up working with a little bit not directly but we would when i took primary school students to fixtures he was another primary school teacher in the area so I'd kind of come up against him a few times and he um he was he was really influential because he was like the first male teacher who came into the school and was able to work with these students who didn't necessarily relate to all of the female students female teachers sorry in the school so he was all of a sudden able to have this really big impact especially on some of the boys with the sport and he he put a big extracurricular sport program on um so, so I think it, it, it yeah, it, it, um, I don't know if it's gender that does that, but this man, male teacher who came in, who also had an interest in sport, was able to offer this curriculum, this um, extracurricular program, which had a really positive impact, whether that's because he's a man or it's just because he was interested in sport. I'm not sure, but um, th yeah, th this single man who came into the school had a big impact. So um, yeah, I, I guess you could say gender is important but possibly it's just what that gender brings to the role mm -hmm. the, the variety isn't it yeah mm -hmm. and uh, you were talking what one of the things that you you were mentioning about this um you know one one particular teacher who, who greatly influenced you was about about this teacher showing his personality mm. and and you know so, so the the, the this seems to be a, a skill that you would value greatly in a teacher. What other, what would be the other skills that if you were thinking of this perfect teacher, um, what what skills would you, do you think that teacher would need to have? I, th I think the the personable skills. 
soft skills, whatever the whatever people want to refer to them as, are the most important ones. No, nobody who I've ever spoken to and asked the question, who was your favourite teacher and why, nobody's ever said because they were able to get me through my exam. I mean, that might be a reason they got me through their exam, but nobody really goes to that as their first point. You know, they, they were really good at giving my learning objectives or they were really good at making sure my book was marked every lesson. Nobody cares about that stuff after they leave school. At the time, maybe it's important that your book's marked and stuff. But as nobody mentioned, they were really good at making me use the green pen. Yeah, nobody no, really cares no, what really? kind of pen you use. Yeah, it's funny because that seems to be for teachers the most important thing in the world. But it's really not for the kids. They don't really. Or the verbal feedback stamp. Yeah, we're really good at that. People love that. People remember that forever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, uh, don't get me wrong. Those those things serve a purpose on the day to day. But in terms of people remembering and having a relationship with their teacher, that is totally irrelevant. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's just being human with the students and ha just saying hello, being kind and all of those things which make a difference to just being one person to another person is probably the most important things. Um, I, guess, I guess being funny kind of helps to a point, like having a having a good sense of humour with, with the students. I remember I've asked my dad this question before and I can't remember the name of the teacher that he always talks about, but he always tells the story of his history teacher who was talking about uh, Spanish Armada or something and uh, talking about the boats and he and this teacher I'll quote my dad who quoted this teacher he said the thing you got to remember about boats boats don't have brakes <laughs> and I remember that's such like a my dad at least has such a vivid image of that teacher and I can now picture that teacher saying that thing to my to my dad's class and um like those are the things you remember like yeah. the, i remember one of my science teachers he, he i mean he was so not a person who should rap but he would rap things to help us remember things. like his tie was like always said, below yeah, his belt i like it that you say he should he should not not that he wouldn't no he should he not. should not he definitely shouldn't do it but he did and it was brilliant and he also this is going to sound very random but if anybody ever listens to this who was in this teacher's uh I won't mention his name, but he was in this teacher's class. They'll know exactly what I mean when I say he did an impression of a goat. <laughs> and, and everybody who took his science class knows his goat impression. Um, so it's those things that m make you memorable as a teacher. Whether they make you a good teacher or not is a different question, but those are the ones that make you memorable, uh, I guess, for the right reasons. Um, but yeah, I think just being... Being personable ultimately kids spend a lot of time in school so the teachers should be friendly and uh, and kind and genuinely care about them as people um and and it goes back to the point i made earlier about creativity i don't think teachers suffer from a lack of care like certainly they don't but teachers would probably like to have more time to get to know students and be caring and um, find out what they did at the weekend find out about what they do outside of school and care about whether they won the trophy at the weekend or how they did in their swimming gala or um, how their music is going or wh whatever um, no doubt teachers would love to know that stuff more about their students but there's just not the time for them to do that because they're too busy working towards content and skills for the exams and uh, things which can be measured so I, th I think we systematically we kind of get that wrong okay so so you think so, so for you the barriers for any teacher or for m many teachers to become that great you know that perfect teacher we, we whatever or the best teacher in the world whatever each person would consider to be the best teacher in the world because that might may, may vary greatly um you think one of them is time 
Yeah, I, was, I, was, I think most teachers would argue that they don't have enough time to do the things they need to do, let alone the things they want to do. Um, so yeah, I think, I think time time is probably the biggest one. And and why why isn't there enough time? Well, I think generally people. I'm, I'm sorry if, if this sounds like a, like an obvious question, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm trying to go a bit deep. I mean, yeah. we know yes, the pressure of work and marking and planning. Yeah. And is there any anything else? Is there anything else more whatever more sinister? We could call it anything. I think, yeah, I think there is in like the in the general kind of zeitgeist of accountability and. Um, everything being tracked and measured if the teachers are expected to generate the data that goes alongside the work they're doing then that's a whole nother task which they shouldn't be generating data the data should generate itself and then teachers should act upon the data after so we have to work towards the model where that can happen um, but generally if, if a teacher spends let's say there's six periods in a day six lessons in a day and a teacher on average spends four or five of those teaching and then let's say they could fit all of their admin into you know, admin. I mean, in terms of emails and meetings and whatever into that other period, um, then maybe they offer an after school club a couple of times a week. PE teachers obviously slightly more. Um, at, at some point they have to fit in all of the planning and the marking and the reporting and everything else. And it just ends up not happening in a traditional working time. Um, so it you know, ends up outside of that. And, and for many people, they, understand that to a point when they become a teacher and, and it becomes a lifestyle as opposed to a job and um, a lot of people the rewards might outweigh the fact that they have to put in those extra hours so i, I mean I, I hated marking partly why i became a PE teacher and not something else but um <laughs> I, I never liked to spend too much time marking at home i'd happily do other work at home but um marking killed me um but um yeah the th there's generally just not enough time to just do the job at hand whether it, i don't think it's sinister it's just it's just grown in that way it's just developed as part of the part of wider society i suppose as well that it, it should be evidence-based or um that there has to be numbers attached to everything so that it can be tracked um but i, I also think that on a on a less obvious level just not not just the time that teachers are in lesson which means they don't have time to do the other things they need to do but how that lesson time is spent i don't think it's a brilliant use of time Ge you know generally to stand at the front of a class and talk and then provide some activities for students to do mm -hmm. how, how would you use it better how, how what for you what would well be the model of classroom 21 you know the idea of having the the content available all the time for um uh, content i mean the teaching the explain explanation of content um, would be available all the time so the teacher gains the time back in their classroom uh, to, to be a coach mentor one-to-one -one tutor type person as opposed to a deliverer um, and if, if the classroom time was spent like that it'd be much more rewarding for a start you could have those relationships with the students on, on a more personal level but also it means that when you take that model one step further it, it if you can then start to so imagine a classroom where that model is in place let's make the assumption that some people have seen the classroom 21 model um if you haven't then there's plenty of published things that we've go and have about. a look <laughs> go and have a look um they take that model where a student is either watching a tutorial doing a quiz online or they're doing a range of classroom activities act actively in the play space or um 
in the quiet space or they're working with their teacher. In, in that model where there's no broadcasting live, then the um, one classroom can blur into the next classroom, can blur into the next classroom. So your whole dynamic of the school changes and becomes, it, you know, in summary, it becomes more kind of campus-like where students have more freedom to move around and study at their own pace, their own time with with teachers and students that they need to study with. Could we say um, also less militarized? Ex as we were saying exactly earlier. less militarized. Yeah. Um, so in, in that sense, the teacher doesn't necessarily gain time, but their time spent is far more enjoyable, far more productive. Um, so I, I don't think we're ever going to give teachers lots of time back during term, term time. They get long holidays, which is nice mm -hmm. and, and deserved. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to give them lots more time back during the term time, but we should make that time as productive and um, efficient as possible. And also more enjoyable to spend with students and with other teachers. Mm -hmm. hmm. that's, that's I don't cool. know what the question was. Um, <laughs> I can't remember I'm either, sure. to be honest. <clears throat> but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And I, 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 it's interesting what you just mentioned about efficiency. Do you think sometimes the lack of time, the the issue of lack of time, is down to lack of efficiency on the on the classrooms? The generally, are highly inefficient places for learning. Um, and if that leads to um if if that let's say that leads to a student not learning something in lesson one <clears throat> and the teacher somehow having to try to help that student pick up again or um i don't know it, it can't be efficient to have a model where some students in a classroom don't learn very much it just doesn't make sense i, I i'm not sure I have this general feeling that teachers' lack of time isn't just that there's too much to do, but that there's a general kind of inefficiency about the system. I can't pinpoint exactly yet what that is um, and, and how that relates to Classroom 21 or a different model, but it's definitely not that efficient a place to be to learn stuff. For some, it's great. And for some, it's, and for many students, it seemed to be great, it seemed to be the best use of their time, but in reality, it probably isn't. Um, so I, I don't know exactly where I sit on the whole teacher workload thing and how Classroom 21 helps with that. But generally, the system is not efficient for making individuals um, learn stuff quicker or better. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're talking about learning stuff? Do you think do you think schools school is a place where students should learn stuff or should they learn skills? I think both. Th th there is a general movement, I think, towards like skills being hyper important and there, there are many people in in sort of the giant tech industries who have come out and said publicly that they're looking for students who have a certain skill set whether to use the terrible buzzwords resilience creativity independence or whatever else um and that the employers want those skills and of course employers want those skills unless you just want people to to basically be machines some some employers some, might some employees like want, that. But the, what seems to be the jobs of the future, they don't want that. They want people with, with a different skill set. So there is a, a role that schools and teachers have to play in that. But, we, but those industries also want really clever people. So content's important. And we shouldn't 
we shouldn't undersell content in order to provide more time to skills we should i don't see why there has to be a trade-off between skills or content we, we we shouldn't accept that we could reduce the amount of content we teach in order to teach softer skills or vice versa we should teach the content in a way which develops the skills so to give a concrete example of that what i mean is we ask students to be independent and resilient yet we structure their day entirely for them with a timetable we ask students to go and research yet we provide them with all of the material we ask students to be independent yet they have to ask to go to the toilet like it doesn't make sense that this the system that we have in place doesn't inherently develop the skills that we want them to develop hence why we end up having things like um entrepreneurs week where they go and learn about being creative or um resilient in the face of failure or whatever but those skills should just be built into the system and that way we we create a, uh, an environment where there's not a trade-off between skills and content we just make both of them better mm-hmm. hmm. very interesting Mike. <laughs> very interesting <laughs> right mike um we're gonna we're going to start wrapping wrapping this up. The, the the last question I would like to ask you, and this this takes us back about uh, back to the point where you were talking about your personal experience, your current situation. Um, what are you doing? How, how, what's your life like at the moment? And my last question for you would be: In five years' time, Mike, what about <clears throat> your life are you determined to keep exactly the same? Um. I'm not sure if I'd keep anything exactly the same, but the the things that are going really well is the fact that I have a good balance between working hard and giving lots of hours to the job we're doing, but being able to do that in such a way that I still see family a lot, still have time at the weekend to see friends and socialize. And you know, at the right times we work hard and um, give, give extra time at the weekends and the evenings and make sure things get done but that's also coupled with the fact that we we can take some time during the day or or um you know, make sure that time is is equally balanced between spending time with family and friends so um yeah th- that element i'm very happy with so I'd, i would definitely keep that the same or or aim to hone that either even more so that you know keep the balance uh, improve that balance even further but yeah that that's something uh, and 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 I owe a lot to, I guess, to you and James really for making that a possibility that 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 job is there for that to happen. So uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really grateful for that. Fantastic, great. <laughs> <laughs> what a positive way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Nice. Um, right. It's been it's been lovely, Mike. Yeah, it's been it's been really much. nice really nice chatting to you and Pleasure. sort of getting to know you a little bit more because you know there's lots of things that you said that I, I you know, although we work together on a yeah. daily basis, not always together in the office, um, because of of course what 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 you know you you as you said. Um, your job being based at home um, for most of the week, but you know, you, it, it, it's really interesting because sometimes you you think you know someone, and of course, yeah. there are so many mm. so many things you don't interesting things that never come up in a in a, in a conversation. conversation exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, it, it's been it's been yeah. it's been really lovely um, chatting to you. Been great, thanks so, so much. Uh, we'll we'll leave it here, and uh, we will, you know, we we will um, hear from 
everyone yeah. or, you know we will we'll be back um, and surely James will be back very soon um, with another another episode thank yeah. you very much thanks Mark. a lot thanks.